I'd like to begin with a health quiz, a survey. I would like everybody to participate. First, have you ever had a broken bone? Raise your hand. Wow, look at that. If you've ever had stitches, raise your hand. Wow, you guys are sick. <laughs> Let me ask you if you've ever had more than 30 stitches. Can I see your hands? These are the people that raise the insurance rates. <laughs> Have any of you ever had a knife wound? Let me see your hands, like in an alley <laughs> or in the kitchen. Is there anybody here who has been wounded in a war? Anyone at all? Not many. Today we want to talk about healing our hidden wounds, not the external ones, not the ones that people can see like a cast or stitches or band-aids, but rather the internal hidden wounds that we have in life. What are the wounds of hidden wounds like? We invite you to follow along with the sermon notes that have been prepared for you. Because Peter talks about these hidden wounds in this passage. In the introduction... We have four keys to healing hidden wounds. In your notes, hidden wounds really are just the same as hurtful memories. Hurtful memories. Recollections that you keep secret, but they caused that have been caused you pain. The hidden wounds of rejection, the hidden wounds of abandonment the hidden wounds of unfaithfulness, a feeling that you don't matter, that somebody ridiculed you, a feeling that you were insecure. Those are the hidden wounds that you don't see on the outside of people. They have a beautiful face, but inside they are hurting. We get these hidden wounds from our society, some of you have been wounded by your family, and those are probably the wounds that hurt the worst. Some of you have been wounded at school by some mean kids. You've been wounded by a friend that betrayed you. You can be wounded in your workplace. I've discovered in working with many people that everybody has some hidden wounds, bar none. It may be different, but everyone has hidden wounds. Today, Peter tells us in this passage four keys to healing our hidden wounds, regardless of how you have been hurt. If you would like to get over it, he tells us how. In your notes, number one, Peter says, if you are going to have your hidden wounds healed, then forgive the offender. Forgive the offender. Look at 1 Peter 4.1. Please read it with me together out loud. Since Christ suffered while he was in his body, strengthen yourselves with the same way of thinking Christ had. Circle that phrase, the same way of thinking. 
I want to know you to know that Jesus understands. He understands what it means to be hurt. It says that Jesus suffered. Jesus had wounds. Seven physical wounds. Nail prints in his hands. Nail prints in his feet. Stripes on his back. Spear wound in his side. Crown of thorns on his head. Seven physical wounds. But Jesus also had hidden wounds. Those hurt even more. The wounds of betrayal. The wounds of rejection. The wounds of hatred. In fact, it takes longer to get over an emotional wound and a physical hurt. Would you agree? Just talk to any Vietnam veteran, and they would say that they healed rather quickly physical wounds, but not the emotional ones. Jesus understands your hurt. Jesus says, I've been there. I can relate. I can sympathize because Jesus knows what it is to be hurt, to be mistreated, to be rejected. Peter says that when you go through a lot of hurt, you need to have the same attitude that Jesus had, have the same way of thinking that Jesus had. And what was Jesus thinking? Look at Luke 23, verse 34. Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus could have gotten even. Jesus could have stopped the whole thing. Instead, Jesus hung on the cross and Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. You and I must forgive the offender if you are to even get over your hurt and be healed. Why? You may say, they deserve to be They don't deserve to be forgiven. You may be right. Forgiveness usually is never deserved. Then why forgive them? I've noted three reasons in your notes. Number one, because God has already forgiven you. God has already forgiven you. The Bible says that we will never have to forgive more than we have been already forgiven by God. Number two, you will need more forgiveness in the future. Yeah, you will need forgiveness in the future. He who will not forgive burns the bridge that he must walk across in order to get to heaven. When you pray the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. What are we saying? We must forgive others if we expect God to forgive us. And the third reason, number three, and this is why Peter mentions that in this passage, is you will not stop hurting unless you forgive. You will never stop hurting unless you learn to forgive. It's the only way to release the hurt. For your own sake, then, you need to forgive Look at Hebrews 12, verse 15. Watch out that no bitterness takes root among you, as, for as it springs up, it causes deep trouble, 
hurting many in their spiritual lives. You see, resentment always hurts you more than it hurts the other person. You can be resentful and hurt over things that happened to you 10 years ago, while the other person who has totally forgotten it, they're going on with their life. So resentment never hurts the other person, it hurts you. Look what Job says in 18, Job 18. You are only hurting yourself with your anger. What I'm saying is this. Don't allow people who have hurt you in the past to continue to hurt you today by holding a grudge against them. Step number one is simply forgive the offender. Number two in your notes, the second thing that you need to heal a hidden wound. Focus on God. You focus on God. Look at 1 Peter 4, 2. Please read it with me together out loud. From now on, live the rest of your life controlled by God's will, not by human desire. Now notice that he says to get your attention off yourself. Yeah, get your attention off yourself, off the hurt. Get it onto God. From now on, Circle that phrase from now on for the rest of your life, regardless of what has happened to you, regardless of the hurt in in your life. It doesn't matter so much what happened to you, but what direction your feet are headed now, from now on. Focus on God's will, and that requires a mental shift. It's a choice that you have to make. You can't ignore your past. So it's okay to have sadness over the things that have happened to you. The Bible calls that mourning. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. See, it's okay to mourn on the back of your notes. So you do mourn, you do grieve. That's biblical. But in your notes, you do not moan. There's a big difference between the two between moaning and mourning. Moaning is feeling sorry for yourself, saying, I'll never get over this. Moaning is when you have a pity party with yourself. That's your choice. And we often get stuck in our pain then. We can't get on with the present or with the future. So how do you get unstuck? It's pretty simple. In your notes, you focus on the healer. Do not focus on your hurts. You focus on God, the healer, who wants to heal you. And God can bring a positive, a positive purpose out of all your pain. Somehow, God can take even bad things that happen to us and bring good out of it. How do you make a negative into a positive? Well, you take a negative sign and you make it into a plus sign. And you, you see the cross of Jesus. And Jesus turned the negative of his cross into a positive for our salvation and for our forgiveness. Look at First Peter 2, verse 23. When Jesus suffered, he did not threaten to get even. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. So also we need to trust God and get on with our lives. We need to trust our case in the hands of God 
and not ourselves try to get even. The problem often lies in the fact that we forget. And we forget that God always sees what we go through. So we forget that God knows about our hurts. So we hold on to our hurts so that somebody will at least remember how badly we feel. We feel that if we forget them, then they get off scot-free. Wrong. See, God remembers. Look at Psalm 56, verse 8. You, God, know how troubled I am. You have kept a record of my tears. Do you know that God has kept a record of every tear that you have ever cried? In fact, God has even kept a record of every tear that you couldn't cry because you were so painful inside. God has kept the record, and your pain matters to God. God feels it, and God wants to help you. So number one, forgive the offender. Number two, focus on God. In your notes, number three, the third thing that Peter says to do is face the future. Now you face the future. Now Job says that, the same thing, looking at Job 11. Put your heart right, that is, forgive the offender, and reach out to God, that's focused on God, and face the world again, firm and courageous. Then all your troubles will be fade from your memory. Would you like to have all your painful memories to fade from your memory? Then you need to put your heart right, forgive the offender. Then you need to reach out to God, focus on God. Then Job says, face the world again firm and courageous. That is, face the future. So in your notes, courage. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather courage is simply moving ahead. Moving ahead in spite of our fears. Moving ahead. He's saying stop living in defeat, denial. Stop pretending that it doesn't hurt. Stop trying to mask it. Stop trying to cover it up. Get in touch. Forgive the offender. Focus on God. Face the future. Then get on with your life. Don't keep reliving the past over and over and over. There's a universal law that helps us get going again so that our troubles will fade away. In your notes, when you focus on one thing, you tend to forget something else. So the key to forgetting is, in your notes, refocusing. That can be a problem for some at home. Isn't that true? But if you want those troubles to fade away, you need to focus on the future. Look what David did in Psalm 34, verse 17. The Lord hears good people when they cry out to him, and he saves them from all their troubles. God says to be honest with him about your feelings. Be honest to God. Cry out to him. Pour out your feelings. Why? It's helpful to you when you do. In your notes, don't mask your pain with a quick fix. Have you noticed that people today in pain will do almost anything 
to relieve the pain and to mask the pain in their life. They will drink, they'll take drugs, they'll go on one night stand. That's the quick fix. The world has only cheap, temporary painkillers. How do you spell relief? Some spell it with D-R-U-G-S. Some people spell it with B-O-O-Z-E. Some people spell it with T-V. Do you know, really want to know how to spell relief? In your notes, this is the biblical answer. Write it down. J-E-S-U-S. Jesus is the lasting solution. The world's, the world's relief doesn't last. They never solve the problem in the world. Get high, and when you come down, you have the same problems. Jesus suffered and died on the cross to take away our sin problem, to take away the pain of death through his resurrection. So face the future, focus on God, forgive the offender. Number four in your notes, find support. You find support. You will never fully recover by yourself. You're not alone in this world. And God never made for you to have to solve all your hurts on your own. In fact, when God made Adam, put him in the Garden of Eden, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. We need each other. God never meant for you to be the Lone Ranger. You need to share your hurts with somebody else. Look at 1 Peter 4, 8 and 9. It says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another. Hospitality simply means loving concern. Care about each other. Love covers, and what does that mean? In your notes, love is healing power. There is enormous, tremendous healing power in love. Love is the antidote to your fears. Love is the antidote to your resentments. Why do I need support? Just look at Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9. Two people are better than one. One falls down, the other can help him up. Look at Hebrews 10.25. You should not stay away. Instead, meet together, encourage each other. Circle that phrase, encourage each other. One of the purposes of the church family is to encourage. And that's why you need to be involved in fellowship, in Bible classes, doing what? In your notes, just encouraging. Encouraging others. And through a lay ministry... Doing what? Working with others. Fifty-eight times in the New Testament, the phrase one another is used. Serving one another, helping one another, encouraging one another, work with one another, caring for one another, praying for one another, supporting one another, on and on. So we conclude. Look at Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Please read it with me uh, together out loud. Jesus says, Come to me, Yahweh. I will give you rest. If you have a hidden wound, would like to get over it, then follow these four steps. Forgive the offender. Focus on God. Face the future.
find support. Amen.